Hey everyone, welcome to Origin Gates podcast, Wisdom's Echo. I'm Rick Nevenais, and in today's podcast, I'm wanting to talk to you about an encounter that I had with Jacob found in Genesis 28. But to give you some background in how I got to this encounter, I have personally been pursuing who I am as a son in creation. And a portion of scripture that I love so much is Romans 8. Because Romans 8 talks about creation that has been waiting for the revealing of sons. And my heart burns for creation to come into its rightful position because we have taken our rightful position as sons in the kingdom realms. So it's something that I've personally been pursuing for some years now. And I found myself reading a portion of scripture, which is Genesis 28. And what I love so much right now about reading scripture is I don't just read it words on a page. I've realized and I've discovered that this Bible is literally gateways, portals into the kingdom realms where you can read this outside of time and space. And I can remember just like reading scripture and coming across Genesis 28. And as I began to read it, my heart began to like get so excited for what I was reading. And all of a sudden I found myself through the Bible and sitting in Genesis 28. And this portion of scripture is just incredible because there are so many first mentions and the law of first mention, obviously, as we know, is something that frames the reality of where we can live from. And then it begins to grow from glory to glory as we begin to sit on the law of first mention. That is the truth sitting in who we are. So I want to read a portion of scripture, then I'll talk a bit about it. But in Genesis 28, and I'm going to read from verse 10, it says this, Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw the stairways resting on earth, which, which its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of the Lord were ascending and descending. There above it stood the Lord and said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham and the Lord God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Now I want to pause there for a moment and I will begin to talk about what actually started to manifest after that. And you can dot this down and read it in your own time if you want. But what I started to ask the question regarding this portion of scripture is, it says that Jacob took one of the stones there and he put his head upon it to rest for the night. And I started to ask myself this question. Surely, just surely, Jacob would have taken something a little bit more comfortable to rest his head upon to rest for the night. So when I started to search deeper into that statement, I realized this, guys. The Bible is written in parables. Because it wants to engage with us so we can engage with it. And as we engage with the living word, it becomes a gateway. It becomes a portal where we can engage into the deeper realms of mystery. So it can begin to reveal itself to us. So as we grow in maturity, so this word will begin to present itself to us to the level of maturity that we're walking in. It's awesome, man. But when I started to engage with this, I realized that the stone that I'd read in scripture 
was not the stone I thought it was. Because that stone actually means portal or gateway. And his head actually means place of government. So when you read it from this perspective, it basically goes like this. Jacob put his place of government through a portal to engage in the mystery realms of Yahweh. And then scripture says, he saw a ladder resting from earth to heaven with the angels of the Lord ascending and descending upon it. Then he hears the voice of Yahweh speak to him from the place of mystery. And then further on in Genesis 28, Jacob makes this statement and he says, This is no other the house of God, the gate of heaven. But when you read where he initially put his head to rest upon that stone, there was no physical building and there was no physical gate. So I started to engage in the depth of what this portion of scripture means. And I realized that that entire encounter happened with inside of Jacob. It wasn't outside of him. It was inside. And the ladder that he saw resting from earth to heaven was actually his DNA strand. Come on. This is awesome. I mean, this completely blew my mind when I sat in scripture and I started to read this because I was discovering who I am as a son. And when you begin to discover who you are, things begin to unlock itself to you because the level of maturity that you're walking in, so will the kingdom begin to rest upon that what looks like itself. So because I put the intent of my heart to walk in the mystery realms of who I am as a son, this word begins to open up for me to engage with it so that I can get the physical understanding and knowledge to build the foundation so that I can walk as a son to establish that what is happening in me into all of creation. So this got my spirit so excited because I started to then turn towards who I am as a son. And I realized this, that I host the entire kingdom inside of who I am as a person. Because I am the dwelling place. I am the ark, the tabernacle of Yahweh's kingdom. You are the ark, the tabernacle, the dwelling place of Yahweh. And then what goes further is Jacob says that this is the gate of heaven. What does gate mean? Gate means a transition point from two worlds. So that shows me that I am, that you are, the gateway between two worlds, the kingdom of Yahweh and the earth. So Matthew 6 verse 10 made so much sense to me because it says, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That means I've got to allow what is inside of me to come out into all of creation so that creation can see what I've become, not just what I'm saying. See, one thing I've learned about creation and walking this out on the face of the earth. Creation is not impressed with what we say. Creation is not impressed with oftentimes what we declare. Creation is moved by what we have become. When we begin to walk into creation and we are manifesting the reality of what we believe, creation automatically looks towards us because as we are being transformed in the glorious freedom and liberty that we are, so creation is going to become that what we are becoming. 
So sitting on the reality of who I am as a son and continuously building the spiritual foundation of maturity in my life so that when the kingdom realms come, it can rest upon that what looks like itself because I've done the groundwork in who I am as a son in creation. I can remember the story of my wife and I going up north into Africa on a holiday and we got to the border just about to pass from South Africa into this nation. And this particular nation that we are passing through was in such a place of barrenness because of some of the stuff that had happened in the past. But I can remember separated by a fence was South Africa that was had this beautiful greenery. It had trees with these beautiful leaves, birds flying to and fro, such life in South Africa. Separated by a fence, this particular nation was in barrenness. There were no trees. There was no greenery. There was no life, no birds flying to and fro. Absolutely nothing separated by a fence. And I can remember Yahweh speaking to my heart. And Yahweh said to me, son, if a rain cloud had to come, where do you think it will go? Automatically, I said, it will go to the place of need. It will go over to the nation and barrenness. And Yari responded to me and he said, son, it will go to that what looks like itself. And I realized that as the clouds would move in, it will be drawn to the lush, to the greenery, because it's a reflection of what it has become. You see, this is what I've learned. The difference between the church age, where I've come from, and into what we currently are right now and what we are manifesting into all of creation. The difference is in the church age, we were taught that Yahweh comes to the need. <laughs> and in what we're currently walking out right now, we realize that Yahweh comes and rests upon that what is in maturity. That what looks like itself will he come and rest his full glory upon. So that shifted my entire perspective on how Yahweh sees us and what he's about to manifest in us. Yahweh doesn't just come to the need like we were taught in the church age. Yahweh comes to the place of maturity, the foundation that has been established. So when it comes, it can rest upon the reflection of what it looks like. So I realized that teaching a kingdom in the church age was that Yahweh comes to the need. Where there is need, you will find Yahweh. But in what we are walking out right now on the face of the earth, Yahweh comes to the place of maturity. He comes and looks upon that what looks like himself, and then he begins to manifest the reality of who he is into all of creation through us, sons, that have become the manifestation of his kingdom. And I want to read this portion of scripture to you just to... Uh, back what I just said right now. But in Psalms 84, verse 5, it says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. All right, let me rephrase this for you. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on a pilgrimage. That word pilgrimage means spiritual journey. And then it says, as they pass, as they pass through, 
the valley of Baca. That word Baca means weeping. It says this, they make it a place of spring. Who? David and his men. They make it a place of spring. Then it says the autumn rains also cover it with pools. So here's the deal. Because of what David and his men did, the autumn rains could come and look upon that what looks like itself so that it could rain upon the foundation that David and his men set upon. Then from that place, it says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. You see, what I love about all of this is that as we grow into maturity, as we are building ourselves into who we are as sons, and there's a co-laboring happening between who we are and Yahweh in the kingdom, there's this co-laboring, this arcing that takes place where we start realizing we as sons should walk with this understanding that it's our responsibility to manifest the kingdom realms into creation because it's our responsibility to begin to navigate what it's going to look like to open up our gates and allow that kingdom that we're living from to manifest into this one. One thing that I have realized in the church age is that we don't like taking responsibility for stuff that happens in creation. Let's just be honest. I mean, I've come from the church age. I've pastored a church in the church age. I'm currently leading our church through the church age into who we are right now as sons manifesting the reality of who Yahweh is in us into all of creation. And it's been an absolute joy and privilege to understand that revelation that we're currently walking out right now on the face of the earth. But what I have realized, the difference between the two is in the church age, it was Yahweh will do everything and we'll just sit and wait. We'll pray, we'll fast, we'll do what we need to do. But Yahweh needs to come and do it. Right now we're realizing that the responsibility sits with us as sons. And we need to begin to do stuff, take responsibility for what's currently happening around us. And we have the capacity to shift it into its rightful position. Not just Yahweh. You you see, here's the deal. Yahweh doesn't want to do it for us. He wants to do it through us. As we are engaging with him and there's a co-laboring on the other side of the veil, when we come from the kingdom realms into creation, from the place of government, we begin to declare and speak it out. And all of a sudden we see things begin to shift because of who we become, not just what we are saying into creation. (laughs) I love this so much because the moment you understand who you are, the moment you realize that you can go through the veil, that you can stand boldly before Yahweh, that you can engage with them face to face. Everything starts shifting in the reality of what you're seeing manifest around you in creation. So let's just stay encouraged as we pursue this journey together. Let's enjoy the unfolding of the mystery realms that is our inheritance to step into so we can see the manifestation of all sons and daughters across the face of the earth become who they need to be in Yeshua. Shalom. Bless you guys.